Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we have Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and we dissect and look back at AEW Dynamite from last night. And wow. The first time ever in Canada, and what a show. And we break it down with you, the Busted Open Nation, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Orange Cassidy, now your new Atlantic champion. What's it called? Mid-Atlantic champion? What's it called? What's the name of the championship again? I, I'm not quite sure because I'm not quite sure why. All that Atlantic. I said Atlantic. Is, it's all Atlantic. Is around. Champion. Yes. All, all Atlantic, Atlantic. Mid Atlantic. No, it's not Mid Atlantic. It's not. It's not Atlantic. It's all Atlantic champion. And, and where we'll see... was that all Atlantic championship originated in? There was a tournament decided. What territory was it in? I don't know. AEW. Wait a minute. You guys don't know what territory it was the a, it was a title. Was it was a title meant to be defended all over, basically kind of like on the throughout the indies when these talents uh, go out there. And it was a tournament created in AEW. Give us some matches. The finals were out of pay-per-view. And uh, it was been defended all across the land. Wait a minute. That, that's I the, the name. Atlantic- that's the name. But that's the name, All Atlantic Bully. All Atlantic. Not just some okay, of the Atlantic, so, all the Atlantic. Okay, so the All Atlantic Championship wasn't a championship that was around back in the day? No. No. Okay, so they Great just name. invented it in AEW. Yep. Yes. And when you own it, you can only travel east. You can't go like New York to LA to Japan. You got to go the other way because then you'd be growing all Pacific. That's a whole other title. It's true. You got to make a left instead of a right. Mm. Yeah. That being said, we do have a new crown. What was the name of the, oh, the Mid-Atlantic Championship. That was a championship back then. Well, that was a territory, the Mid-Atlantic. Okay, the Mid-Atlantic Championship. This is the All-Atlantic Championship, an Mm, AEW original championship. Okay, I got you now. I'm totally up to speed. Okay, cool. Orange Cassidy is your new champion. Really good match. The main event from last night, um... You want to go, you want to go away uh, with a smile on everyone's face, bully. I guess the way to do it is have Orange Cassidy win that championship last night. And I think you two are the best people to talk about when it comes to Orange Cassidy. You both have been in the ring 
with Orange Cassidy. You guys have, you know, interacted uh, with Orange Cassidy years ago, right? And when he first started with AEW, I think a lot of people just saw Orange Cassidy as a gimmick. I think that has changed over the last couple of years. I think it really started with the feud with uh, Chris Jericho. But I thought, uh, and I want to get your guys' take, I thought a really good match last night for that championship win. What did you think, Tommy? Uh, I loved it. I've been a big fan of Orange Cassidy since the moment I stepped in the ring with him. I told you when he was describing himself to me, I didn't get it. And then I listened to the crowd and I got it. And the moment I got it, we had a nice moment in that first uh, battle Royal. And, you know, I also, he, you have to try to like, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people were on him, but I knew he was a good wrestler because I had seen him work before all this. And, you know, the fact that he can do, uh, kip ups with his hands in his pocket, all these moves, running the ropes, doing dives. I mean, with your hands in your pocket, that's that's so insane because you so have to rely on the people catching you. But even running down the street, if you're a jogger or, or want to exercise, try it with your hands in your pocket. It's hard to do. And he goes out there and entertains that way and then has matches with his hands in his pocket. I mean, I did a whole headlock takedown series with him as well. He's super duper talented. I will always say gimmicks are short lived, but gimmicks that can work will live forever. And he's a guy who he's so unique, so different. The music has added to him and he's a, you know, a homegrown AEW talent and he's over. And last night's match was great. He also had a great opponent. They had some, extra bells and whistles, but they didn't, which they really didn't even need, but it worked out great. And it was an amazing, amazing match. And both uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy should be saluted in how unique that they have done their matches before. And I enjoyed the match very, very much. So last night. Yeah. And, and bully, it was good to see like, again, somebody like Orange Cassidy, as Tommy said, is a homegrown AEW talent in a position like he was last night to win a championship in a main event. I'm an Orange Cassidy fan. I uh, I find him highly entertaining. I did not understand his gimmick as, at first. Um, I don't even think I understand his gimmick now, but what I do understand is the response that he gets. Uh, the AEW fans love Orange Cassidy. I never see an adverse reaction to him that crowd in Toronto last night was about as hot as you get I mean this is the first time Toronto was getting an AEW show so they, they were going to be hot for just about everything but they were definitely on fire for Orange Cassidy the, the stuff that he does works within that company would it work all over the world I'm not quite sure but I know it works in AEW there are though a couple of wrestlers that I do not enjoy working the Orange Cassidy gimmick. And one of the wrestlers I don't enjoy is Pac. I take Pac, he is so physical, he is so serious, he is so aggressive, he's so hard hitting that I don't, when I see him do the Orange Cassidy stick, 
it's almost a bit of a disconnect to me because I don't think I'd ever see him do it. I don't envisioning him do it. Like last night, I know he put the hands in the, the you know, the his hands, put Orange Cassidy's hands in his own pockets. Then he stepped away. He went for the kick. Orange Cassidy moved out of the way. He nipped up. But I've seen Pac do the Orange Cassidy gimmick so much that sometimes I'm just not into it. He's just one of the small handful of characters that I wish would stay stay away from it. And that every time Orange Cassidy went to go do his stuff, Pac would just kick his head off. Um, but like Tommy said, it was a good match. The people were into it. It's hard to come on the show and truly... Listen, I can dissect. I can tell you how things could have been better. I can talk to you about the refereeing or the rules until the cows come home. We can analyze psychology. But when you see a show like that, that's exciting. The people are having a great time. What good does it do to take away from how much fun people are having? Dave, we've been told since we were kids that, you know, Bands like Alice Cooper and Motley Crue are horrible and we should never go watch them again. But to this day, you know, we're still there. We're going to see Skid Row tomorrow night. Um, You you can't stop us from having our good time. And you're not going to stop the AEW fan from having a great time when you have talents like Orange Cassidy out there. Yeah, and 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 interesting, and I want to get to the Pac thing in 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 a second because I kind of agree with you. It's like a little bit of a disconnect, but bully. I want to go back to something I saw in the ECW arena with you and Orange Cassidy. Like you and Orange Cassidy faced off, and I think everybody in the ECW arena that night thought you were just going to kick his head in, but you did the opposite. You kind of did what Pac did last night. You played along with it, and and I felt like. The reaction from that crowd in that ECW arena, I think it's almost over three years ago now, to last night, it was almost the same reaction because I felt that the Toronto crowd thought they were going to see exactly the same thing. Have you ever seen Bubba Ray Dudley or Bully Ray do levity? I've seen Bubba Ray Dudley do levity. I've never seen Bully Ray do levity. Bully Ray has done levity at the right time with the right person. I will do levity. And that's why you saw me do it with Orange Cassidy in the arena. Plus in talking to Orange Cassidy before the match and under and seeing how nice he was, how respectful he was, how cool he was. It made me want to do his stuff even more because I knew that if I did it, that would help him take a step forward in other people's eyes who might not want to do his stuff where somebody could say, well, well, hell. Bubba did it in the ECW arena. It can't be that bad. I'm trying to help him out by doing his stuff. What's my point here when it comes to levity? When was the last time you saw Pac do levity? He doesn't. Pac don't do levity. That guy is so damn aggressive. So when I see him do it with Orange Cassidy, it's a bit of a disconnect to me. That doesn't mean their match was bad. They had a very entertaining match. I just don't see it for Pac's character. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Let's get into the match we saw for the Ring of Honor Championship. Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson uh, last night. Uh, first of all, I absolutely loved uh, Jericho's promo before that match last night when he's with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and he was saying to them that it was that you know Daniel Garcia that he was like a son to them, but he was like a little brother to Jericho. I I I legitimately. Laughed out loud during that promo. So great job by Chris. And Tommy, I thought a really good match with Brian Danison last night. How could you not have a good match with the two of them? Love the setup, love the crowd. And the, the payoff was unexpected and got some heat. And I really think they want to see Garcia totally turn. It was a nice... Uh, exclamation point to this uh-huh. whole little story and then now we have to go next week why did he do it why did you decide to stay yeah and it, it's again it's a good cliffhanger go ahead bully you gotta give props to chris jericho and i don't put him over because he's a friend i put him over because he has earned it i'm starting to cringe when i see jericho take these big bumps like giving the rana standing on the top rope or taking the he took something from Danielson off the top rope later on in the match he's taking some massive bumps at 52 53 years old but this is a credit to the ring shape that Chris Jericho is in right now forget about him being in shape because Chris Chris looks good he's taking much better care of himself than uh, than he probably was a year or so ago but Chris is wrestling regularly and when you wrestle on a on a steady basis you stay in ring shape most 50 some you're you're you know 50 some odd year old wrestlers could not do what jericho is doing i just got back into the ring and will be in the ring a little bit more you know uh, on a steady basis coming up now with impact wrestling but i don't know if i could step back in and get right to the level that chris is at right now because it just it, it, ring rust will set in and you got to work up to that level. And yeah, he's in the ring with Danielson. That makes the job easier, but the stuff that he's doing is top notch and he's constantly turning in great performances, whether it's on the microphone or in the ring, you have to have to give Jericho his props right now, especially when he's having the, these types of matches yep. with wrestlers like Danielson. 
thousand percent. Chris Jericho's must see. They have what must see TV. He's must see anything. I've said it. He's got the gift of gold, the touch of gold, because anything he touches uh, turns gold. He gets everything and everything around him over. And, you know, when that new form of the Jericho Appreciation Society first came out, I was like, huh? And the talent that he had around him, I was like, no way. They're all stars now. And it's all it's all because of Jericho and everything that he's surrounded. Yes. Tommy, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to, you know, repeat what you just said, because I felt absolutely the same way when he started when he started the Jericho Appreciation Society. I looked at every member of that group and I was like, I, I'm I just not connecting with them. I don't see it. I don't. And now you look at them. It's th- those segments with the Jericho Appreciation Society are must watch. Like you and and we were just talking earlier about Orange Cassidy and about the credibility Orange Cassidy has. A lot of that had to do with the feud that he had with Chris Jericho. I didn't mean to cut you off, Tommy, but I had no. to repeat that because I'm with you. Six months ago, I didn't get it. Right now, it's one of the highlights each and every Wednesday night. And if you think about, it, we don't have all of the members at all of the same time yep. when they come out. When you know, recently when they had that celebration. And they were all were dressed in the purple. That's the, a great presentation uh, for, for Jericho. I don't know who comes up with this, but I mean, there's weeks we don't have Jake Hager. We don't have Sammy. We don't have Ty. We don't have um, the other girl who's with them. The other guys were hurt for a little bit after their uh, blood and guts match. So, I mean, there's all different parts, but whenever they're all together or whenever Jericho's in a segment, I mean, think about that was just a backstage that's beyond highly entertaining. Yep. And those guys are getting they were entertaining in NXT. And then, you know, when they came over, they got over. And I mean, how many they don't have a whole heck of a lot of matches on television, but they're the way the one guy chooses gum, the way he speaks. The other guy who just stands there, he's wearing his suspenders all the time. There's just different star qualities about them. And then the guy who works the most besides Jericho is Garcia. And yep. think of now how he's, his career has been elevated in such a short time. And that's because of the people he've put him, he's been put around and with and in the ring. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's such an easy formula to do and, and, and why I appreciate and, and AEW for a lot of different reasons because of these are things that I saw, you know, coming up in ECW. Shane Douglas, who did he have? Sherry, who did I have? Terry Funk. Who did Taz have? Kevin Sullivan. There's all these different people who were given these other people to help get them over. And then you have to actually go out there and deliver. And Daniel Garcia has been able to do that. I don't know how he does it. Tommy, did you ever see the horror movie Hostel? The horror yes. movie Hostel? Okay, and, and Bully, you were, Bully, you did too. Yes. Remember when the tourists first met those girls? And the girls looked absolutely beautiful. And then when you started to find out that they were devious and what they were doing, when they showed those same girls, they looked completely different. They looked, you know, they, you started seeing the different features that they had and you didn't look at them the same way. All of a sudden they went from being beautiful to not so beautiful anymore. Daniel Garcia has this gift of showing his face when he was a baby face. He looked like a baby face. And then when he's a, right. now that he's back to be, he looks like a heel. I can't explain it. 
I don't know what exactly he's doing, what his facial features, like the expressions on his face. I went back and looked. The expressions on his face doesn't change. He has the same expressions on his face. But when he was a baby face, I was like, man, this guy looks like the classic baby face. And last night I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, my God, he looks like a heel. I don't know how he does it. It's beautiful. And just in the facials alone, he's got you buying into him. One moment he looks like the consummate good guy. One minute he looks like the next minute he looks like the consummate bad guy. So much done within so much simplicity, just in a look. Yeah, he's got you emotionally invested in a look, Dave. Right, a look on his face. And and, and he didn't say one word. He didn't say one word last night. But like I was like, you know, I I don't know how he does it. And 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 you know, again, when he was a heel and part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, he looked like a heel. Turned baby face with Brian Danielson. He looked like just like a completely different person without changing anything about him except the facial expression. It's unbelievable what Daniel Garcia has been able to do with that. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and sometimes when somebody goes down with injury or somebody leaves the company, guys, we have seen AEW over the last two months go through so much. Like, you know, you look at All Out, and All Out I thought was a very good pay-per-view. But nobody remembers anything that happened at All Out because all that anybody remembers is what CM Punk did during the media scrum. And then right after that media scrum, you lose CM Punk, you lose Kenny Omega, and you lose the Young Bucks. And you're like, wow, how are they going to be able... We did shows on it, guys. How are they going to be able to recover from this? This is some of their most popular superstars. But how do you recover? By your younger talent stepping up and showing out. I think you look at two of the people probably the most. Wheeler Yuta, who we've talked about a lot, and Daniel Garcia. Now, are they Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and CM Punk? Absolutely not. But they have done a good job where you've lost all that talent, and last night you had a sold-out crowd buying into everything that was happening. I, I, I think... That roster right now is kind of showing how talented they are with all the absence. Like if I, I'm, I'm telling you, if I'm Punk, the Young Bucks, and a Kenny Omega, I, I would be a little nervous. This is kind of like the Cowboys, right? Or Cooper Rush. You know, it's kind of hard to bench Cooper Rush when he's winning games. And right now, I think this younger talent is really showing off for AEW. Think about MJF's return. Another yep. super young talent who we're just waiting for. And that's the nature of this game. When you, when you talk about the, that facial of Garcia, that's something ingrained in a lot of the generation from Vince because the money is in your face. And then think of who he's surrounding himself with. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but you're right. That last look, and when he looked at him and when he looked down on him, he was like, what a prick. And seriously, like, because I'm sure you don't do this, but I do this where I've done this. If you smile and you're a, hey, energetic baby face, but if you dip your head down, you're evil. Yeah. Very, very yeah. subtle. Um, and those are things that you, you just learn by either practicing in the mirror like a psychopath and your mom saying, get out of the bathroom. <laughs> 
The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. What did you feel of Hangman Page's promo from last night? Uh, I loved it. I loved it for a lot of different reasons. At one point, what happened during this in the beginning, they put MJF out there and the fans start talking and chanting for MJF. And what do the two guys stop doing? Talking. And they let those chants die out. Kudos also to MJF for not like, hey, cheer for me, cheer for me. He stood there. And he did what great entertainers do. And then they took it over back to the in-ring and the promo. I loved Hangman Page's promo. He got the people. Another thing that I noticed, and, I, and I'm, I'm very, very happy, and this is more about social awareness and keeping conversations going. I noticed it during Raven's speech for his Hall of Fame where he talked about his own mental health. And it got an applause that he went and seeked counseling and help hangman page brought it up about hey i've been depressed all that the meds aren't working and it got an applause that he's talking about his own mental health that you could hear the the turn because we're all in this together back to his promo it was real it was everything uh my only critique would be if you're going to punch yourself in the face slash head make sure that we see it Um, I used to do that a lot. I would bang my own head into bleachers till I bled, or sometimes I'd punch myself in the head till I bleed. Sandman would do it uh, with the the beer can. I would do it for anger, and I stole it from Mick Foley. And there are places in your head that you can make yourself bleed. It hurts, and he's going to have a knot, but then do it to the side of the camera that we can see. Because when his eye was and he was trying to get more blood, you need to do it so we could see it better because it proves just how on edge that you are. His promo was great. It, it, it kept the people into it. Again, going into it, babyface, babyface, but both babyfaces have an edge. Hangman Page does not get enough credit for being the champion or being for the hard work that he put in and the houses that were built off of his back. 
I loved where we talk about the AEW when he said, my friends, the AEW audience, my friends aren't here. Ooh, they're letting us in. And that's all the best part about a promo. It's real. And it lets us in to what this guy is going through so he can get to the ultimate prize. And that's that world title. What did you think, Bully? I believed him. I think I believed Hangman Page more last night than I've ever believed him in the past. It was passion. It was personal and it was professional. When it comes to punching yourself in the face, if you're going to punch yourself in the face, don't start touching your face afterwards because it looked like he thought he hurt himself really bad. That's the idea to hurt yourself really bad. He kept touching his face like, oh, my God, did I did I did I bust my eye open or what did I do that? That was a little bit of a disconnect. Not a big deal, though. Tommy touched on something that I did love, though, the MJF part. And I love the fact that MJF had MJF hijacked the segment without doing a thing. You got an uber baby face like like uh, Moxley in the ring. You got a young up-and-coming babyface and a former uh, a former champion in Hangman Page, another big babyface in the ring. But the guy that they love to hate is sitting in the rafters, and he's taking over the segment. And what I loved was he didn't do anything. He never acknowledged the people. That was very unselfish by MJF. It would have been very easy for MJF to acknowledge in that moment Hey, you two big baby faces, I own the place right now. Very professional. And it reminded me of Sami Zayn from this past Monday night on Raw. We get the entire bloodline in the ring. You got Roman Reigns. You got Paul Heyman. You got the Usos. You got Solo. And who are the people chanting for in the Barclays? Sami Zayn. Sami never acknowledged the audience. He stayed in character and stuck to the story. It's very easy to get caught up in the emotion of the moment and to at least glance at the people or at least acknowledge the people because it's like, holy shit, they're chanting for me and not for Roman. Holy shit, they're chanting for me and not for Heyman. But not acknowledging is a sign of professionalism. And that's what we got from MJF last night. I thought it was a great promo segment. I really enjoyed it. Everybody did play their part perfectly. Uh, another person who doesn't get enough praise, and it's for things that he has said, and he's a veteran. And I'm going to go back to something that he said to me that still holds true. And it's from Jim Ross. Just lay out. Not all the time it's about you. Not all the time do you need to say words. And I remember him saying that to someone who can talk and it was Paul and Paul said, yes, sir, you're right. MJF laid out and it was that simple and, and same. And then the attention goes back to where it's supposed to be focused. And I, I seriously, like I hear these things and I'm like, frig, like Jr. was so right. And Jr. wasn't even there, but he's another guy that you can use for this advice. Cause he knows what he's talking about. And it is so key in moments like that because this is a main storyline for your world title because no matter what, whoever those two guys are going to face, they have to eventually, whoever wins has to go to MJF. And he don't care about either of them because he just wants the one thing. He wants that title, which makes that title, 
that was in flux, that's no longer in flux, mean even more. It's beautiful in its art form when done correctly. And all three guys did it correctly. Bully, if you look at this right now and you have Moxley and Hangman Page in the ring together, as you said, Moxley, I've, I've kind of said it. I always felt like Moxley was the pseudo face of AEW. You have Hangman Page, which is kind of your, you know, I know he had a career outside of AEW, but he's probably the closest of being like a homegrown talent. And then you have MJF that has been able to do just amazing stuff on the microphone and off. Where do you see the future lying when it comes to that world championship? And do you make a change with John Moxley as your world champion? Well, they have an interesting situation in front of them because Moxley has been the interim champion. What, what has it now been twice where he was the champion? Well, he's he wasn't the champion. The champion. Now, now he's just your champion. You know, yes. I understand that. But in the yeah. past couple of months, you know, he was the champion. Then he lost it to punk. Then punk is mm-hmm. on the shelf and he's the interim championship champion. And then he gets it back again. You can't just take it off of him. In my opinion, Mox has to have a bit of a run. Now you look at page. Page's Page's championship run was, in my eyes, good at best. Yeah. Just good. He didn't knock it out of the park. And if you remember, I didn't think it was the right time to put the championship on Hangman Adam Page. I didn't think he was the right guy in the beginning against Jericho. I didn't think he was the right guy when they put it on him a couple months ago. I think the slower burn with Page would have paid off in the long run so that when you did put the championship on him, you could have left it there for a while and he would have been even more credible than he is right now. So what do you do? Does Page lose the match? MJF has the chip. MJF can't cash in and lose. And I think the money is in your heel world champion like MJF. So what do you do? I can't come up with it off the top of my head. This is the kind of creative that needs discussion. This is the kind of creative that needs hashing out. This is the kind of creative where you put it on a whiteboard and you go, okay, pros and cons of Mox, pros and cons of MJF, pros and cons of Hangman Page. You know, they got Chicago coming up in November, right? I well, believe. They got, full, they got full gear in at the Prudential Center in New Jersey, November 19th. I'm sorry, uh, uh, November 19th. And then but what's uh, what's the week after that? Is it Chicago? I'm, I'm not I don't, sure. I, I don't remember. But could you imagine MJF cashing in in Jersey? Yeah, well, Chicago's Thanksgiving week. So, yes, right after that, the next week, they're in Chicago for Dynamite. Um, Can you imagine MJF walking into Chicago as your new AEW world champion? That's some heat right there. A lot of possibilities on the table. But it's like, does Moxley get hurt if he loses? Yeah, maybe a little bit. If 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 Does Hangman get hurt if he loses? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But I think the money's in MJF. Actually, I don't think the money is in MJF. I know the money is in MJF. And then a month ago, Bully, and, you know, what we saw at the last pay-per-view at All Out for AEW, the story was supposed to be Punk and MJF. That was the story that was going to be told immediately after coming out of All Out. Punk won the championship, and then we find out that MJF holds that chip. And unfortunately, they had to move things around. But I think they're in a good position. 
because like you said, Moxley is super over. He's your world champion. He's 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 going to be around for a while. He's not going anywhere. Hangman Page, I I agree with you. I thought that was the promo of his career last night. Is he there? I don't know if he's quite there, but he's almost there. And then you have MJF, who Tommy is always going to be there. And no matter when you utilize MJF, it's going to be a great reaction. Uh, Yes. If I'm looking at this, I agree 100%. But with Bully, and these are the hard decisions to make, especially when you're the owner. I do disagree with you about um, Hangman Page's run. Um, If I'm looking at this, Moxley versus Page, one hell of a friggin' banger, and both guys exhausted on the finish, and then here comes MJF. Yep. And he beats, you know, the guy who just had this amazing matchup cashes it in. Now he also has heat. I'm just okay, but who? But who then I also, I also then say, do I take it off? I have it. I think you have a year to cash this in. Do I keep dangling it? I love the dangle. It's interesting. Get your head out of your. Stop being a child, David. This is what I have to deal with. You said I love the dangle, and Dave automatically thinks like <laughs> he's ten like years old, childish. You know, like said dangle. He seriously, he went. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I don't think that. I think of your second chin when you say dangle. <laughs> My second chin? No, Tommy's. Yeah, of course, uh, yours. That was actually very funny. That was a good one. I walked into that one. Hello. Uh, like Laverne and Shirley, how can things get any worse? Hello. Uh, <laughs> the Lenny and Squiggy moment. I, I love Lenny and Squiggy. Um, also, great cameo in the movie um, uh, Used Cars. Anyway, Bully. Um, uh, I, I think Lenny in a really good position. Uh, but I will, but I, again, and, and I know Tommy disagrees, but I think I agree with Bully when it comes to Hangman Page. That title run of Hangman Page was good. Like I, I didn't think it was bad. I did, but I didn't think it was overwhelmingly great either. I thought it was good. But I think the next time Hangman Page is able to capture that AEW World Championship, it's going to be much different. And I really love the start of it, which was last night in that promo, because like Bully said, it was real. And I you know love who I to could compare it to, David. I don't know Go. if you'd agree or disagree. When we talked about history yesterday. Bret Hart's first title run mm-hmm. was it as good as opposed to if he when he had the second? Yeah, it, the second one was much better than the first. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the same thing with Hangman Page. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.